Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to you today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I'm glad we have a Bible, aren't you? And I had the thought today, you know, before you question, critique, or try to cut things out of your Bible, maybe think on this. If the devil sought to destroy the living Word, don't you think he is seeking to destroy, to devour the written Word? I don't want to be on the side of Satan. I don't want to side up and team up with the devil. I don't want to cast doubt, and I don't want to discourage anybody from believing we have the Word of God. That's the furthest thing for me. In fact, I believe any preacher that doesn't believe this book is a perfect book ought to just resign his post. He ought to not take a paycheck. He ought to get an honest living, run for politics or something like that. And I thank God I have a Bible. This Bible's a guide for my life. It's a lamp for my feet. It's a sword for battle, a balm for when I'm wounded. Thank God for His Word. There's no book like it. No book has been hated like this one. And there's uh, no book that's been banned or barred or ridiculed or scorned like this one. And this book has been, they've attempted to burn it. They've killed those who stood for it. And yet the Bible stands and the Bible lives on. And it will. Why? Because the Bible promises that about itself, that these are pure words, purified. They'll be preserved. They're settled in heaven. And every generation will have God's word. Thank God for his Bible. Now, the book will be in heaven forever settled. But I need it more on earth, and I'll need it up there. I'm glad it's not just forever settled up there. It's forever settled down here as well. I hope you're having a great day today. I hope that whatever you're doing, you're doing it for the glory of God. And listen, every day saved is a good day. The sun is shining here. The birds are singing. The flowers are starting to bloom again. And I tell you, I love it. Spring is in the air. We're not quite out of winter yet, but we're getting there. And God is so good to us, isn't he? Every day that sun rises, it's a reminder that one of these days, the sun of righteousness shall arise with healing his wings. We're going to get out of this place one of these days, trade out this world for the next, trade out earth for eternity, trade out this place for heaven, and it's going to be good. All right, here we go. Hebrews, we're in chapter number nine. If you're just joining us on the broadcast, then uh, we've been going verse by verse through the New Testament, and now we're in the book of Hebrews. We've been going through Hebrews, and we're in chapter number nine of the book of Hebrews now, and we're not necessarily breaking down every single verse, but we are reading them all, and then uh, making practical application from our text for our everyday life. And that's the great thing about the Bible. It's not just for information, it's for transformation, it's for application. And if you just teach this book and don't ever make any application, that's not what you need. You need the application. The Bible talks about it needs to be mixed with faith in them that hear it. I want a preacher to tell me what the book says and then what I can do with what the book says to help me become more like Jesus Christ. And we're going to look here in verse 11 of chapter number 9. Now, if you read down through verse 10, the Bible talks about the Old Testament. It talks about how the first covenant or the Old Testament was filled with a bunch of different rules and regulations. The physical tabernacle had its own protocol that these ministers in the tabernacle must follow. And the writer summarizes that in the first several verses of the chapter. The Bible talks about how the priest would go in and minister there in the first tabernacle, and he'd accomplish the service of God. 
and this priest would continually have to offer sacrifice and minister there and all of these rituals and all these routines and the rigor of religion that's what characterizes the old testament can you imagine and some still do today uh, uh, because of their own ignorance to scripture but can you imagine living your life under a set of standards and a bar that sets so high you can never reach it hoping to attain hoping to measure up hoping to reach that point where you can be right with god by what you do that'd be a horrible way to live i'm talking to our Catholic friends listening, and I'm talking to uh, those who believe that you can lose your salvation, and they're trying to maintain a certain standard or level with God so that they can earn His righteousness, earn His acceptance. You can't. No, you can't ever earn His acceptance. You'll never earn His righteousness on your own. All your righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Every good work you do, every prayer you pray, every uh, alms you offer, everything that you do in the sight of God as a sinner is unworthy. It's unrighteous. We had to have something come in and change that situation. Throughout the Old Testament, blood is shed as animal sacrifices are offered. Uh, Folks uh, adhere to the letter of the law. There's harsh punishments. There's harsh regulations they try to keep. All of these things are a schoolmaster, the New Testament teaches to bring these individuals to a better way. The law was not given to make man righteous. The law was given to remind man he is unrighteous and he needs something bigger and better than himself. Now, the book of Hebrews has a theme, and that theme of Hebrews is Jesus is better. And that's what we find. That Old Testament was all tight. The Old Testament was all shadow. That Old Testament was all figure of that which was to come. And it was all fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came and he fulfilled. He's better. He's better than Moses, better than Abraham, better than the Old Covenant, better than the sacrificial system, better than the Old Priesthood. He came and he fulfilled all of that. He encompasses all of that. He personifies all of that. And he's better than all of that. And in verse 11, the first two words are such a powerful phrase, but Christ. He's talking about in the first 10 verses, regulations, but Christ, rituals, but Christ, routine, but Christ, the standard that cannot be met, but Christ, the continual ministering of a priest, but Christ, all of that is done away. He did away the first so he could establish the second, but Christ being coming high priest of good things to come. By a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. He's talking about a heavenly tabernacle. He's talking about just just like the earthly tabernacle. It's a figure. It's a shadow. It's a type of that which is in heaven. There's a holy of holies in the earthly tabernacle, but hallelujah, there's a holy of holies up in heaven. And here's how he entered in. The earthly high priest would enter into the holy of holies on that day of atonement with the blood of an animal. But Christ enters into that holy of holies in heaven, not with the blood of an animal, but look at verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. His own blood. Whose blood is it? His blood. Who's he? God incarnate. Jesus, his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Now, those Old Testament priests had to do it yearly, and even yet daily they offered sacrifices on altars and blood was shed, but Jesus did it once. He didn't have to die every day. He didn't have to die every week. He didn't have to die every year. He died and shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. And when that blood fell, it did not permeate into the soil and evaporate into the air. It was not dissipated into the dirt. No, that blood was taken and it was applied to the very mercy seat in heaven. We have access through that blood. We have entrance through that blood. We can get to heaven. Why? Because the blood is there and that blood is the atonement or payment for our sin. 
Verse 13, for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, sinless blood, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Now I don't have to worry about maintaining a righteous standard. Now I don't have to buy my own sacrifice. My sacrifice bought me. Now I don't have to adhere to those Ten Commandments, so I try to live moral and try to live as close to them as I can. But I don't have to live so as to earn righteousness. Rather, I live with imputed righteousness. Jesus, his righteousness now envelops me, encompasses me, eclipses me. God took what was on Jesus' account and put it on mine. And God took what was due my account and put it on Jesus. He took my place. He died for me. Yes, living ye loved me, and dying ye saved me, and buried ye carried my sins far away, and rising ye justified and freely forever. And now one day he's coming to get me. Oh, glorious day. Verse 15, for this cause he's the mediator. He's the go-between. He's the, he's the introducer. He's the executor of the New Testament. That by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that we were under the First Testament, that we which are, are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. These Jewish believers that this book is written to understood inheritance. The Jews had sought physical inheritance. They'd sought a physical priesthood. They'd seen physical, daily, temporal sacrifices offered for their sin. But now the writer reveals to them, you have a better high priest, and Jesus is his name. He offered better blood. It was the blood of God. He offered himself once and applied it to the mercy seat of heaven, uh, effectually, uh, effectively atoning for your sin eternally. And now we have an inter- eternal inheritance waiting for us we're not looking for canaan land we're looking for a celestial city we're not looking for a place a piece of dirt we're looking for a place that's divine and thank god all of heaven will be ours why because jesus shed his blood and as our high priest applied it to the mercy seat in heaven to atone for our sin now make sure you join us next broadcast we'll continue in this great chapter and until then pray for revival thank you for joining us today for striving for revival with justin cooper Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.